Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Oh my goodness, so much to talk about today and every day. It is Indiana Outdoors. I am your host, Brian Pointer. Thank you so much for the opportunity to be here with you. Big long run of the Indiana State Fair, about halfway through. A lot of corn dogs, a lot of fried food. Uh, so great to spend a little bit of time with you and hopefully see you at the fair, maybe see you at the uh, Indiana Department of Natural Resources building. We're going to catch up with Connie. She's been our guest here the last few weeks. What's going on this weekend? What do you need to do? How do you plan a trip to the Indiana State Fair? Because it's so massive. It's not just a one-day thing uh, or could be made into whatever you want. And if you want to be somewhere where maybe there's a program going on at the pavilion at the DNR building, always check it out. Just Google and you can find out what activities beyond what we're going to find out today. But Connie's going to be back with us. Give us an an update, giving us an update. You ever thought about buying your own property? Whitetail Properties is going to join us and what that looks like. And our friends at the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation. Yes, that's right. We have a very vibrant Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation chapters here in the state of Indiana. Went to one of their banquets last weekend, and we are thrilled that Marshall Starks is going to be with us. So we got a big show. He's on hold, and we're going to visit with them when we return. We're going to talk about elk. It's the Indiana Outdoor Show, and I'm your host, Brian Pointer. Back right after this. What a beautiful weekend in the great state of Indiana. It's my thrill and privilege to be with you as I am each and every Saturday. Of course, Brian Pointer, your host. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show. We are middle of the Indiana State Fair. Kids are back to school. Some have been back to school for a bit, which is another conversation for another show, right? Nonetheless, we appreciate all those who listen, appreciate the sponsors that make this show possible, like Indiana Donor Network, driven to save lives.org. And with that, as I mentioned, very special show. I love talking to our friends in conservation. I love all the groups that help to raise money and foster hunting and values and ethics and conservation in particular, none better than our friends at the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation. And Marshall Starks joins us, and he is the regional director for Indiana and Ohio. And Marshall, it's great to have you be a part of Indiana Outdoors. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great this morning. Thanks for having me on the show. Oh, it's my pleasure. And you're one of the hardworking ones out there. I always have a lot of respect for the folks in these different conservation groups. And over the 25 years we've been doing Indiana Outdoors, We've established relationships with a lot of your colleagues, and 
I love to promote these organizations because, as I've said, it doesn't matter if you support the deer, the ducks, the turkeys, the elks, the quail, uh, any of the unlimiteds. They all go towards the benefit of making sure conservation and the value of hunting and fishing and the ethics that go along with it are preserved and very, very important. I've been an advocate for a very long time of people belonging to something, some organization. And, you know, I've never hunted elk. It's been on my list. Uh, A lot of people listening to this show right now going, why in the world is there a Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation meeting chapter here in Indiana? I'm sure you get that a lot. But at the end of the day, the, the work that RMEF has done uh, is pretty substantial. So let's take a trip back, uh, maybe, and try to give a, a a commentary on what Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation does, why it's so important, and why, in particular, what you do here in Indiana, Ohio, benefits a lot of conservation efforts around the country. Yeah, absolutely. So um, that that is something I get all the time, though. That uh, <laughs> we're in Indiana and Ohio, there's no elk in these states. Why do why do we have RMEF events in these states? And it, it's pretty simple. Our milestone isn't, or excuse me, not our milestone. Our mission statement is not tied to specifically elk. So. From a macro perspective, RMEF exists to, pr- to protect elk, elk habitat, and hunting rights in North America. But our mission statement includes protecting um, other wildlife, other big game, um, things like that throughout North America. So that's how we are able to operate in states that don't necessarily have elk. We are, I'd say Indiana is unlucky because there's elk in almost every other state in every direction. There's elk in Michigan, Kentucky, Pennsylvania, um, over in Arkansas, I think there might be some in Missouri now. There's some in Wisconsin, but uh, we haven't gotten lucky enough to, to get any on the ground here in Indiana. But um, to your point, though, about <laughs> never having hunted elk, I work for the Elk Foundation, and I've never been lucky enough to have a tag in my own pocket either. So, well, we have that in common. <laughs> I'm sorry. I said at least we have that in common, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, one day. I'll be able to fulfill that dream, but uh, and the older the older I get, and the more my joints age, I know how physical those elk hunts can be. And a lot of my friends have been on them, and I love the stories. I love the mountains. I love the culture. I love everything about the elk. And oh, I, yeah. I mean, it's just a very special thing. But I want to hover on what you said because I think it's really important that what you do doesn't necessarily uh it's not specific to elk but it's all of the things that go along with it and the benefits of conservation and preservation and you know that where where you have good habitat for elk helps the deer helps the turkey help the bird help the squirrels it helps everybody including humans yeah, I'm, so I'm I'm the regional director right now for Indiana and Ohio. Before this, I was the regional director for Southern California, um, which most people don't realize this, but there are some very large elk in Los Angeles County. I mean, you land at LAX, you can be in elk country in about a 45-minute drive from LAX. Um, so we did a lot of elk habitat work out there and uh, some of the projects we would do it's it cannot be understated how important what's good for elk is good for everything else in that uh, and as a keystone species uh, scenario we would go in and in california a lot of the a lot of the work is uh, around water projects um, increasing 
just access to water out in the desert because it's dry out there and the animals don't have a whole lot to to uh, drink on. But um, we'd go in and put put a guzzler out in the middle of the desert somewhere where you wouldn't even think there is elk. And then all of a sudden we've got monster mule deer showing up and more and more elk. And every now and then even like a wolf would come down out of Oregon. It's just, it's incredible. What's good for the elk is good for the deer is good for the little fuzzy creatures is good for the butterflies all the way yeah, on absolutely. down. Absolutely. Well, we're, vi- we're visiting with uh, Marshall Starks and you and I, were acquainted recently where I attended a Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation. It's not my first one, and I've, I've recounted to anybody that'll listen, I've probably been to 500 banquets in my lifetime from various different organizations, and I'm not exaggerating. I mean, it's it's I used to help plan banquets here for Ducks Unlimited when I was a young man for a number of years and created some of the best fellowship and friendships and hunting lifetime partners that you could ever imagine through that fraternity, and I was so impressed with the the number of people that showed up on a Saturday night in Columbus, Indiana, but the passion for raising money that you guys brought into that room was infectious. It was a lot of fun. A lot of kids, which I absolutely enjoy seeing the kids there. Your team was focused on making sure that they were honored in a way and recognized in a way. And it's the same thing that happened to me. My dad took me to a Ducks Unlimited dinner in Indianapolis when I was a young man, maybe nine, ten years old. I still remember it. I still remember the venue. I still remember. I still have the book from the speaker that came that night. And I just, it started a love affair uh, with me, and it's a lot of hard work to put these banquets together, but what's so fulfilling about you when you count the till at the end of the night and you go on to the next one, it's not just about racking up numbers. What does that money go for? Oh, man. I uh, You have all the time you need. <laughs> <laughs> this is, this is uh, it's, it's why we do what we do, and especially when it comes to kids, because I very similar story. I grew up in a Ducks Unlimited NWTF household, and I can remember going to the DU banquet every year with my godfather, my dad, my uncle, my grandfather, and they would always do a youth duck calling competition at the banquet. <laughs> I would get up there not knowing at all what I'm doing, but you know, just to be able to participate and, and really ignite that fire within me. And, that, and that's what I love to see when we have kids come out to our events that are interested in getting involved in, into the outdoors. And ultimately that they benefit from our mission as well, because we don't just spend money on, on elk. Like I said before, we spend money in, Indiana on uh, youth hunters education programs, um, veterans hunting opportunities, um, habitat work for things that don't have anything to do with elk. We've we've looked into doing habitat work for turkeys, ducks, deer, all kinds of stuff like that because we have this money that we've raised in Indiana that we would like to keep in Indiana so that the, the individuals that are that are digging into their pockets to help support us at our local banquets are also potentially seeing some of the benefits of the fundraising that we're doing within the state. And that's a huge selling point for us, um, for potential people that want to become supporters of us is you look, you get to see some of the benefits of your hard earned cash that you spend on us. Um, and that's, that's a big, big selling point for us. But, um, yeah, having the kids there is, is always, always awesome. Um, we had a, uh, a committee volunteer that works for Whitetail Properties that just called me and said, hey, I want to buy two guns to give away to kids at the banquet. What can you get me? And I got him some 
RMEF edition Winchester Wildcat 22s, and he paid me for both of the rifles. Well, no, it's not me. He paid RMEF for both of the rifles and was able to give them away to two of the kids in the room. And those kids are going to remember that moment forever and ever and ever. I, I know I would. I was one of those lucky kids. So, Well, we're going to visit with Brad Garrison a little later in the show. I, too, met him with Whitetail Properties. And his his you could tell... What struck me about the culture, I talked about the vibe in the room. He was so impassioned about making sure those kids got something. They walked out with hats. Oh, they yeah. had special drawings. They, the, a couple of the, the, the Red Riders that were given away. Uh, those things just make such a huge difference. Let's, let's go back just for a second here and talk about the elk in the room. That was a bad mm-hmm. radio pun for early. But you <laughs> talked about elk all around us. I mean, elk were here in this part of the country and thriving, but much like what happened in the early uh, 1900s, you know, and and previous into the 1800s, those things were eradicated from this area through rampant hunting and other things. We've reintroduced falcons or geese and we've reintroduced deer and turkey in the state of Indiana and through the North American conservation model that we talk about here a lot. When when do you think we're going to see elk, if ever, in Indiana? I, so we have done a lot of the research on all the states where elk historically existed. Um, we, we've looked into reintroducing them in, in basically all those states. We're running into some pretty big hurdles now. Um, the main one is CWD. So for the viewers that that don't know CWD, or excuse me, listeners, um, CWD is chronic wasting disease, is found in elk, mostly in white-tailed deer uh, throughout North America, but you can't test for it on a live animal, right? Now, the only way we know of to test for CWD is on a dead animal. So we can't reintroduce dead animals into a different state. Um, the main problem is nobody wants to be responsible for potentially introducing CWD into an area where it didn't already exist. As we understand it right now, it has a hundred percent fatality rate. Um, but you know, a lot of that is, is conjecture because CWD is very complicated and hard to understand. Um, that's the biggest thing, CWD. Beyond that, um, a lot of farmers don't necessarily want, a 900 pound deer sitting in their cornfield all summer munching away, um, <laughs> much less a herd of them. And then past that, the auto insurance industry is not a fan of reintroducing elk all over the place because, you know, if a Prius smokes a 900 pound elk at That's a bad day. Yeah, there's not much Prius left. I understand. Um, and, you know, there, there are, this is, this is the, the constant struggle with whether it's uh, bike trails, how does everybody share in using of bike trails and mountain bike trails? How does everybody share in using hiking trails with those that love their horses? How do we make more parks and how do we let everybody's interest in, in national and federal and st- or state lands share the land equally? And it's a complex situation. But nonetheless, I encourage people to join these organizations like the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation for all the work that they do do. And it's truly one of the, the bears and the elk are two my spirit animals i don't know what it has always been about those two but they there's just something about them maybe it's just their beauty their majesty and it's the sound i believe that every human i've talked about this a lot too should hear certain sounds 
in nature in their natural environment before they die. They should hear a tom turkey gobble in the spring. They should hear a wolf howl. They should hear a an elk bugle in the mountains. It is the most majestic thing that you could possibly imagine. It raises the hair on the back of your neck. Absolutely. My 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 skin's crawling just thinking about it right now. I will, I'll be in in Kentucky on an on an elk hunt next month actually and i am starting to get really excited it's, i don't have a tag i'm just going down to help out an older guy that won a tag through us so he's 80 years old and he's still going elk hunting so i love that well listen let's not be a stranger here on indiana outdoors uh i know that you've got a long history obviously with rocky mountain elk foundation are you in your do you are you a hoosier native no, sir. I'm born and raised Florida, but uh, I you got moved. all corners covered from California to Florida. Now in the Midwest, yeah, I moved to California from Florida just to work for the Elk Foundation, and uh, I moved out to Indiana last year. And my wife and I absolutely love it now. Well, we're glad that you are here, and I appreciate your contributions. You're not going to be a stranger to Indiana Outdoors. Great to have you be a part of Indiana Outdoors. Thanks for what you do, and I know you're a busy time of the year and a lot of hunting season coming up and a lot of banquets going on. Always support. If they want more information, give them real quick. How do they get in touch with the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation and a chapter near them? Absolutely. So you can go to rmef.org and put in your zip code and it'll spit out all the different chapters that are within, you know, X radius of where you live. You can also, if you're interested in just Indiana events, you can go to Indiana Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation Facebook page and we list all of our events on there. As far as stuff that's coming up here pretty quick, the Indianapolis chapter actually has their annual fundraising banquet coming up August 19th. That's next Saturday. Um, and at, in Greenwood at the VFW post out there. So uh, love we got it. plenty of space. Love but, it. So, uh, I love it yeah. very much. Let's stay in touch, my friend. Thanks for being a part of Indiana Outdoors. Best of luck to you this fall. Yes, sir. Thank you. My pleasure. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show. So much more to come. Remember, we're brought to you by Indiana Donor Network, driven to savelives.org. Don't go anywhere. we got a big show just kicked off. We're going to be back right after this. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show, and I am your host, Brian Pointer. Great to be with you. So great to visit with our friends at the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation and Marshall Starks, uh, great volunteer, well, not a volunteer, great leader, regional director for RMEF. As mentioned at the top of the hour, as we all know, it is Indiana State Fair time now well underway, heading into the home stretch, as a matter of fact. And as we've done here a few times since the start of the fair, we are joined by Connie. Connie, it's great to have you be a part of Indiana Outdoors. You've got a firsthand bird's eye view, maybe too much of a good thing, but you've done a great job organizing the DNR building out there. How have things been going so far, and what can folks look forward to this weekend? Well, thank you, Brian. As we are just getting over a little over um, halfway through this run of the state fair this year, and we've had so many visitors coming in and out of the building, giving us, um, you know, just 
great praise on how the building looks this year um, coming out of our renovation um, during the winter months. But uh, we have a couple of really great programs coming up that um, if you haven't had a chance to come out and see us at the State Fair yet, I'd love to have uh, folks to come catch them. Today we have snakes in the building. Um, One of our interpretive naturalists from um, O'Bannon Woods State Park is going to be here. Um, Oh, Jared can't get rid. Jared just can't get rid of those snakes, can he? No, he can't. But we want to keep them around because you know these are common snakes to Indiana, and we want to get out there and educate folks on um, what we have here in the state and what you should and shouldn't be afraid of. Oh, (laughs) I'm afraid. I'm afraid. (laughs) I don't like them. (laughs) Keep going. I was like, I know that's I know that's a popular opinion, but uh, I, I I promise you these are going to be very well behaved and safe to um, to check out at to be in our building at the state fair. They want to um, eat me. Be here. That's I'm, you're not going to convince me. They want to eat me. I'm <laughs> well, just we don't sweet have meat. anything like they have in you know Florida like pythons or anything like that. But oh, I, thanks I, God, <laughs> thank God. But they'll be here all day um, until four, and then they'll also be back uh, next Saturday as well. Um, Fish and Wildlife, they're putting on a, a cool program, um, Squirrel Hunting Tips and Tricks, um, that's going on um, today, uh, Saturday the 12th as well. Um, you know, anybody that wants to get into this uh, type of hobby for the first time, they, uh, Fish and Wildlife recommends squirrel hunting is a great way to get into it. Couldn't agree with you more. And the highlight in the new hunting guide all about squirrel hunting, we had uh, the R3 coordinator, Cindy Stites, with us. Of course, she is one of the most prolific and advocates uh, advocates for squirrel hunting, and I, I love her passion for it. And, of course, Amanda Wistefeld, who is the director of our department of our Division of Fish and Wildlife, is also an avid squirrel hunter using dogs. And it's been a highlight, and uh, I'm glad to see that there's going to be some stuff out there because, believe it or not, it's squirrel season. I mean, it's hard to believe, but it's a great tradition for a lot of folks to get new people into the woods early, and it starts next week. Oh, yeah, it's coming up on us fast. I think that's what we're trying to capitalize on, um, getting those tips out there as soon as we can. So, again, uh, big activities out at the pavilion there, and it does look beautiful, and it's a great place for people to stop. And it's the fair, because of a big, long run and expanded opportunities, uh, you really need to plan around what you want to do and even though it's air conditioned and nice bathrooms and there's fish and you got a lot of great dedicated people in there to answer questions too and i know that's an important part of what happens inside that building Oh yeah, it's like like you mentioned, um, you you have the hunting guide that just came out. Like, well, if you haven't picked one up yet, we have those at the state fair. Um, swing by our info booth, chat with one of our um, knowledgeable staff. We'll get you a hunting guide, a fishing guide, one of our recreation guides. We'll get you hooked up. So, Connie, are you looking forward to the end of this? I mean, can you see the end? Is the end near? The end is near. You know, we we have this weekend and next weekend. Um, like I am a little sad to see the my first fair with DNR come to a close, but it has been such a wonderful experience, and I can't wait to um, get started on next year. And we're already looking uh, looking ahead to the next events after this. Well, believe it or not, you know, here we are. We're talking about the fair, and a lot of kids are back in the school. People's routines are back to what they were so to speak and before you know it we're going to be talking about the boat sport and travel show in february that's right you're right so we are i I should be planning um some meetings to get that on the on the uh on the books as well 
Well, I am very thrilled with the updates, and you you do do such a great job in the programming. Is there a place where people can go if they're going to the fair and say, hey, we should just see what's happening, where they can get all those activities, whether it's this weekend or next? Absolutely. Uh, go to our website, dnr.in.gov slash state fair to have a full listing of what's going on this weekend next. You are the best. I appreciate it. And I know it's a labor of love out there, but the weather so far has been, we've had a few little storms go through. Has that been dicey out there for you guys? A lot of folks crowding into the building? Oh, yeah. We, we open the doors to anybody that is seeking shelter. If you're out here at the state fairgrounds and, um, you know, one of our famous Indiana storms rolls in. But we have such a great team with DNR. We all pull together when we need to go out there and grab tents, grab anything that's not, um, you know, <laughs> secured down and bring it inside and keep everybody safe. All right, Connie, go back to work. Appreciate you as always. A big weekend out at the Indiana State Fair. Thanks for all you do. Thank you, Brian. My pleasure. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show. I am your host, Brian Pointer. We're brought to you by Indiana Donor Network, driven to save lives.org. Sign up to be an organ and tissue donor when you buy your hunting and fishing license. You can do that at the State Fair, too. But we are going to be back. If you ever thought about buying some land, we're going to find out how you do it for your own hunting purposes when we return right after this. It is Indiana Outdoors. So great to be with you each and every weekend. Of course, this weekend, it's hard to believe we're in the middle of August where kids are back to school, the state fair. We heard from Connie what's going on this weekend out at the DNR building. Always a great time and recently has been the source of some shelter for storms that have come through, as they often do here in Indiana. But I encourage everybody to make a visit out there and uh, make that a point, maybe drop a line in. We've got some youth out there in the fishing pond. And earlier was talking to Marshall Starks from the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, and at that same event had the occasion to meet Brad Garrison, who joins us now. And he is a uh, broker, and we have that in common because I, too, am a commercial real estate broker. I don't play in that sandbox that he does, but I kind of wish I did. He's with Whitetail Properties Real Estate, and uh, it's great to have you be a part of Indiana Outdoors, Brad, and thanks for being a part of it. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I don't know if you heard this earlier in the show, but uh, when we were talking to uh, Bre- uh, Marshall at the from the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, he I had prompted about I love the event because of the focus on the kids and the families, and it was just such a well put together event. A lot of folks on a Saturday night, but you in particular uh, had a passion in making sure that the kids were all recognized. They got hats. There were special drawings. You personally had contributed a couple of. Uh, Guns for them to on purchase. I think the Red Riders. I could be mistaken. Maybe not. No, they were twenty twos. It was good stuff, and you know that came through loud and clear that that was a passion of yours. Where'd that come from? I don't know if you're there or not. Nope. I, I hear you now. All right, there you go. Where'd that passion for the youth come from? Well, so I was raised in the outdoors, and I grew up in downtown Indy. And thank goodness, for whatever reason, my dad and grandpa always kept me outdoors. We always hunted and fished. And um, I think as a youth, I just thought that's what we did. It was our thing. And then looking back, as I, you know, hit my 20s, I was like, uh, I started to realize how beneficial that was to me in my life and my relationship with God and family. Yep. And then uh, moving into my 30s, as I had kids, 
and started realizing that, uh, I mean, that's all my kids want to do. It's all they want to do is be outside, and I'm so thankful for that. And then as I got into working with Whitetail Properties and private land sales and purchases, and I bought my first piece of land, and I bought it with my brother, and when I like, you know, I stepped foot on my dirt for the first time, and it was just emotionally exhausting, but in a good way. Yeah, I understand that. Yeah, so that just led me to want to really push conservation and push um, the outdoors and hunting. And I started a YouTube channel when my first son was born. And and I don't always have my son on there because, you know, he's not going to get up in a saddle stand with me at five years old. But those are some of my favorite videos. And uh, it just it just takes me back to when I was a kid. And I guess I just really want to push other kids and people with kids to just be outdoors and develop that passion. Well, your passion certainly came through and you know, your efforts as a volunteer with Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation are were noted and certainly observed last Saturday night. But interestingly, very quickly, I mean, Whitetail Properties uh, and hunting ground and you know conservation things like that people wanting to buy their own dirt uh, your words which i think is so powerful what do you help people do and what do you like to tell people about the service you provide so with whitetail properties our specialty is dirt we we are known as the land guys we are land specialists and we can help people on both ends whether that be selling a piece of ground or buying we we uh get with families who are ready to move on, maybe move on to a different piece, maybe hunters who are ready to upgrade to a more serious hunting setup. We work with people who want to start outfitting businesses, people who want land along a waterway for waterfowl hunting, fishing. We do it all. Anything uh, land, timber, country homes, that's a big one right now. People want to raise their, their family on acreage and have a hobby farm, grow their own vegetables, have some chickens. And so that's what we're all about. How'd you get involved with that? So, you know, I did the YouTube thing and I've met people all across the country. Uh, My channel is called Shield Outdoors. And I did fishing uh, tackle reviews. Uh, I met people in Louisiana and started hunting with those guys and just posting videos. And I got a phone call one day and, you know, my friend said, have you ever thought about doing real estate? So I'm a police officer full time uh, with the city of Noblesville. And my buddy was like, hey, I I think you would be really good at real estate. I know you know a lot of people in that industry. And I think think this is something you should look into. So I actually got on Zach Holt. It's one of our Southern Indiana guys. I got on his page, and he had a video about himself and about how he got involved with Whitetail Properties. And I I listened to this man talk about his passion for the outdoors, and I thought, okay, I got to look up the owner of this thing. So I looked up Dan Perez, the, the founder of Whitetail Properties. He's on the TV show. And you listen to that guy for 10 minutes and you just want to be outside. You want to be outside. You want to be digging in the dirt. You want to be looking at trees. And it just, it, it just lit something inside me just that I never knew was there. I love it. Well, I too am a commercial broker. I don't play in the same field that you do, pardon the pun, but I have a great respect for what you do. What advice do you give to people who think, hey, I want to buy some hunting ground? You know, we talk about leasing ground, but maybe they're in the market to buy or maybe they're in the market to sell. What's important for you to tell people when they're contemplating that decision? So the with anything, you want to set up a plan. 
And that plan is going to start with calling like a land guy, uh, somebody in your area who's a land specialist, somebody who uh, is keyed into that network of people who are selling land. And so the first thing I always tell people is, let's get on a phone call, let's get on a Zoom, or let's meet up, let's get coffee. I meet people uh, all day, every day. And I just sit down and say, you know, what are you thinking about? What's your idea? Are you going to be a hunter? Are you investing? Are you going to build, you know, a small building for somebody to have agricultural purposes there? Um, Horse farms, horse stables, equine facilities. So we, the first thing we do is come up with a plan. You know, what are we looking at doing in the long run? And then we look into budgets. We look into um, financing. We work with Rule First quite a bit. We have a lot of um, agents with Rule First who help um, people with loans for land because there's an intrinsic value to land, right? You know, uh, not a lot of banks want to give a loan for just vacant land. So Rule First helps us out with that. And then it's just scoping geographical area. And then it's going through and looking at listings and saying, I like this, but maybe if I could have this with it. Or, hey, I like this listing, but I don't need that amenity. So, you know, maybe we could find that without that. And it's just plus or minus addition, subtraction until you have a a puzzle piece that matches. Well, we're visiting with Brad Garrison and the organization is Whitetail Properties. And I'm sure if uh, you could give your email address, maybe there's some people that have questions to you and how to reach you. Yeah, anybody can reach out to me via the phone, uh, uh, call or text. My number is 317-701-8655. Or you can email me at brad.garrison at whitetailproperties.com. And then all of my social media is actually Brad Sells Land. Uh, you Facebook or Instagram, or I think, I think I have my Twitter set up now, and also my Google channel, Brad Sells Land. Or you can just look up Brad Garrison Whitetail Properties, and I'm sure you'll find me. It's my pleasure to meet you and make acquaintance. You provide a great service to those that might be buyers, sellers of the properties that you described. I know that's a a very popular thing to do right now, and a lot of people are out there, and it's so difficult. But uh, And secondly, thank you for your service as a public servant, protecting and serving, and being a part of Indiana Outdoors. Always an open phone here, my friend. Go out and sell something. Put a, put a bad guy in jail, okay? Do, the, do something yes, good for sir. the citizen. I'll work on it. <laughs> All right. Great to visit with you. Nice to have you on Indiana Outdoors, Brad. Absolutely. Thanks so much. My pleasure. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show. I am your host, Brian Pointer. Don't go anywhere. We're going to be back right after this. It is the Indiana Outdoor Show. And I am your host, Brian Pointer. Thank you so much for being a part of it. Of course, we're brought to you, couldn't do the show without our friends at Indiana Donor Network, Driven to Save Lives. That's the number two.org, driven to save lives.org. Sign up to be an organ and tissue donor. You can also do that when you buy your hunting and fishing license. Couldn't be any easier. Help to save up to eight lives and heal dozens of others with that very generous donation uh it's great to visit with conservation organizations and we visit them all and we give them all time because they all as was emphasized today benefit mother nature and it doesn't matter if it's specific to elk which we don't even have here in the state of indiana and you heard the challenges for that uh 
you know what? They're saving and conserving land and doing great things for hunting and initiatives like with youth. And I couldn't be more proud to have had Marshall with us and the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation. A great banquet. You heard him say there's an Indianapolis chapter. Just get on. There's chapters having banquets this fall all over. And uh, we are looking forward to having him as a regular guest. If you're going to the Indiana State Fair this weekend, no better time to do it. Connie gave us an update of what's going on in the building, the DNR building, that is. Beautiful. Hasn't looked any better. Fish are out there thriving. The fish pond, a lot of volunteers. Thank you for all that you have done to help youth uh, throw a line in the water and maybe for the first time catch a bluegill or a catfish. And thank you to all those volunteers that make those experiences so great. Uh, Check out the activities for all the weekend stuff that's going on out there this weekend and next whenever you decide you're going to the Indiana State Fair and make sure you get a corn dog that's one of my favorite things we've already we've already know what Connie's stuff is but you know I'm into a little walleye sandwich behind the building and I got to have something from the dairy barn and a pineapple whip and whatever else happens along the way oh so many things to think about our friends at Whitetail Properties, Brad Garrison joins us. If you've ever thought about what and how to buy a piece of property, not just lease, but maybe you're in the market to buy a great guy, great organization, dedicated to youth, had an opportunity to interact with him down at the RMEF this last weekend uh, in Courage, as always. So as you can see, it's been a big show. We look forward to next week. Hopefully I'll see you out at the Indiana State Fair. Remember, turn in a poacher, 1-800-TIP. I-D-N-R. Be safe, stay cool, stay dry. I'll see you in the great Indiana outdoors, everybody.